1: everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chillin' in the Statehouse. We are so chill, the legislature got a snow day today. I would say there's now a cold front coming through, Andrew. We're so chill. <laughs> I am Andrew Ball, one half of the Topeka Capital Journal's Statehouse team. I am joined by Jason Tidd, my better half. Jason, how are you, sir?
2: Doing well. Uh, the There was some snow on the ground this week. It wasn't actually a snow day, but... Uh, Generally, no work happens on we, Friday, we, we were. So it was basically a snow day.
0: We were in danger of getting our ankles swamped by snow. So, yeah. Though
2: I think there might be uh, some cold weather come Monday.
0: Cold weather in winter. How is that possible? The cynical voice you hear is John Hanna. I'm realistic, the- not
1: cynical. John Hanna, the Associated Press, our resident realist.
0: John? Good to have you back, Andrew. It's good to be back, Jason. How you doing, Jason? You're, I'm ready you must for the be. Weekend. You're ready for the weekend. You must be celebrating the fact that KU's basketball team slid a little further after losing to K State.
2: I'm more disappointed that K State lost to Iowa State, even though uh, had they played Iowa State better than other teams had in a uh, Hilton Coliseum. Sad. How's Wisconsin doing?
1: Not good. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, Enough um, of
2: the
0: sports ball. Let's get yeah, on well, to the state I house. mean,
2: by the time you're listening to this, I think K-State and KU play again tomorrow.
0: Oh. Oh.
2: It'll Tuesday, depending on when you listen to this. That's true. Yeah. I was said the time frame was a little off there.
0: Yeah.
1: Well we got some stuff to break down from this last week it's we been a, do a, a slow start to the session but things have started to pick up and i think the big ticket item of the last week was governor laura kelly gave her belated state of the state address uh on her 73rd birthday on her birthday way. and they sang of course as, a, a, as bipartisan. a bipartisan a uh, bipartisan happy birthday yes yeah. Uh, that was the last cheering that some people in the chamber did <laughs> <Yeah>. I think. <laughs> yes, uh, uh
0: Republicans for the most part, not not completely. There were one or two occasions it was like uh somebody put uh flypaper on the seats of the chairs and they couldn't get up
1: <laughs> a little bit. Uh except when they introduced a family farm uh family farmer from Sherman County that got yes, a standing ovation. Yes. Yes. Um some stuff on taxes, but uh, there wasn't a ton that we did not expect from the governor. We, we kind of talked about this last week because of the weird timing with her false positive COVID diagnosis. You know, we, we really knew the core parts of her agenda, but Jason, what maybe was surprising was the tone she took in confronting Republicans over what their agenda is.
2: Yeah, uh, the governor, uh, many times when we hear from the governor and when we talk to her uh, and media gaggles she uh, wants to focus on bipartisanship and uh, the economic developments and other areas that are seen as bipartisan and she did do a lot of that in her state of the state but she also took the chance to warn republicans from pursuing
0: a conservative agenda yes she uh uh she decried the idea of pursuing what she called wedge issues those are social issues uh you know um in education uh she is of course trying to phase in A big increase, 61% increase in funding on special education programs over five years. Um, And Republicans are talking about education savings accounts uh, where state tax dollars would go to parents so they could spend it on private schooling, homeschooling, etc. Also, there has been, uh, I hope I get the phrase right from the Senate president, concern about the sexualized woke agenda. Did I get those words in the right order? I think Uh, I did. I think you did. Okay. So, you know, a a common conservative lament that public schools have become, uh, as the Senate president put it in his response, I believe, factories for liberal indoctrination indoctrination um and you know there's a lot of discussion of that uh and of course all these issues surrounding gender and sexuality and trans kids and trans athletes
1: well and the governor also warned the legislature away from irresponsible tax cuts she did not a little vague on what an irresponsible tax cut is but and and we don't you know she said she is exploring the numbers on the notion of Kansas transitioning to a flat income tax. Well,
0: and and when we asked her the day before the speech, Jason, I believe you and I were in the gaggle, and you said something like, so you're open to a flat tax, and she pretty quickly shot back, I did not say that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, She, when asked if she thought a flat tax would be among those irresponsible ones, she said she wanted to check the numbers. Uh, which, numbers we don't
1: have yet, by the way. Right,
2: yes. we are trying to get them for you, dear listener. Uh, but th- the the governor did not uh, did not sound very supportive or very opposing to it at that she, point. She
0: sounded rather neutral, prompting I, your and, question. And
2: I do not expect that to be. I, I do not expect her to sound as neutral once we get the numbers. Think,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. That'll, I think, be when we get the
0: the tone shift. The other other thing that struck me about the speech was, uh, first of all, the amount of time she spent talking about Medicaid expansion and why, in her opinion, it was time to do Medicaid expansion. She really kind of hammered on that and was... A lot more pointed than she has been in past state-of-the-state addresses. But the really one that really struck me was her call for legalization of marijuana for medical uses. Uh, Not only did she call the current prohibition ridiculous, and that was the word she used, but she highlighted a couple of cases of terminally ill patients, one of whom had his hotel room—I'm sorry, hospital room—raided— by the police uh because he was using uh, marijuana extracts and uh, another uh cancer patient who wrote a letter to the kansas senate pleading for uh, the legalization of medical marijuana, and and that she even had that person, a friend of that person, stand in the gallery. This is a friend who is now looking after this man's dog. The man died, and the other guy died as well, and, and so a uh, very, very tough message on medical marijuana, and then uh, afterwards, Senate President Ty Masterson said there will be hearings, there will be legislation, But he was not going to be shamed by what he called a couple of bad examples into doing it.
1: I mean, we should say we have had hearings in legislation before. He didn't answer the fundamental question, which is whether or not he supports this. And that really is the fundamental question, because in 2021, a medical marijuana bill, a fairly limited bill, but a bill nonetheless passed the Kansas House. It's the first time that's ever happened. And then it went over to the Senate where really you know, there's been hearings in committee, but no substantive action and really no substantive comment from the Senate president beyond saying it's a mature issue that, that needs to be addressed, but that the time for it to be addressed has never really come. And uh, well, there's been a lot of speculation with that with with a new chair on the senate federal and state affairs committee that that perhaps the time will not come again this session
0: well let's 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 unpack some of the reasons that people don't want to do medical marijuana i think that the chief one is that it could lead and in many other states it has inevitably led to recreational use being legalized um You know, and we could sit here and have a discussion about how bad that is. I think over the course of the decades, I think the view of legalization of recreational marijuana has changed. Um, I don't I, I think there are probably a lot fewer Americans who are opposed to that than there used to be. But that is a concern. There's always this discussion of marijuana use, a gateway drug. And do you get on to the harder stuff, stuff like that? Um, and then questions about regulating it, and, and and all of that. I mean, the the issue that Kansas really faces is it's going. It's surrounded by states where some form of marijuana use is is at least medical is legal, and you know Oklahoma and Missouri and Colorado. I think all have recreational. Well, Oklahoma doesn't, but Missouri, Oklahoma Missouri, doesn't, but Missouri Oklahoma's will... medical law. I think is considered pretty loose. It's,
1: I think it's the most
0: open in the country and
1: Missouri will have recreational starting in February, which will prompt a whole host of new logistical issues for law enforcement. Uh, given the Kansas city metro area that that will be interesting to see how that affects the debate as well.
0: Um, well, and, and yeah, it's, I mean, think of the Kansas City area and, and, you know, going back and forth, you know, you go to Missouri, you get your pot and then you come back. There are all kinds of, you know, how is how is that going to work? how do you make sure that uh, somebody gets a prescription legitimately for medical use? I mean, you know, my joke is, well, now I feel a little glaucoma coming on. I mean, I did see my eye doctor this week, but um, so, you know, that's very interesting. What's interesting to me is, um, uh, obviously, we can't run the counterfactual to be sure, but I think it's pretty clear based on the polling and whatever data we've seen that if Kansas had initiative and referendum, the ability for voters to put uh, ballot, to put proposals on the ballot, uh, we'd have probably had medical marijuana and maybe recreational marijuana five, six, maybe even ten years ago. Um, the state also would probably have expanded Medicaid five or six years ago. My guess um, is
2: it's probably going to come down to, will the Republican senators in the Kansas City metro be convinced by Missouri passing recreational yeah. that it will put enough pressure on them to then turn around and put enough pressure on the Senate president?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that is, uh, and this is going to be interesting to see how this develops. I, just I don't think there are a ton of huge, on the Republican side, Huge advocates for this policy. There are people I think who are who are Especially okay with it on the Senate it. side. The se- yeah, sorry, on the Senate side, there are people I think who are okay with it. But there's not that person. And Senator Rob Olson is probably the closest we've come, although he is not on the best terms with the Senate leadership uh, of becoming that champion. But we haven't quite seen it move the needle on on well and, and, and bringing if, other people.
0: And, and if you think about if you think about this issue in terms of Where the biggest support, the demographics of the biggest support, you know, it's probably your college educated elites, younger people, um, you know, the basically, let's be honest, the base of the Democratic Party and your older voters um, who tend to be more the base of the Republican Party. Probably not so much,
2: although once you're an older person and happen to get cancer. Although I was going to say, once you get up there
0: and your joints hurt every day, maybe your attitude changes. I mean, what's interesting, to be fair, kind of one of the leading voices for, uh, uh, pushing for medical use in terms of oils and extracts and stuff like that was actually a very conservative Republican from, uh, I believe he was from Leavenworth, Willie Dove. Um, I mean, he was one of the folks pushing for it. And there's also a good libertarian argument for Although you kind of
1: blow that libertarian argument when you get into creating a very highly regulated industry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Libertarians not being a fan of big government. But yeah, it, it, and I will, I will kind of bookend this point with another policy point from Kelly's speech. I wanted to make uh, proponents of, of marijuana legalization argue that, well, you know, we unleashed the, what has increasingly become the scourge of opioids on the world by lax approval of first prescription opioids and and then the failure to combat um heroin and fentanyl spreading why you know (laughs) why have um uh marijuana be kind of the still the bet noir uh and interestingly in kelly's state of the state she came out for the first time in support of legalizing fentanyl test strips or decriminalizing fentanyl test strips
0: yeah that is an interesting uh that is an interesting thing because that issue has been before the legislature as well. and It's another
2: issue that House Republicans support, but Senate yes, Republicans that's, don't.
1: Uh, that's a great point, yeah. And it's another area that it's very uncertain. Even as more and more states embrace it, Texas, Texas Governor Greg Abbott uh far from a liberal, has well, come around and, 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 and has pushed it, for it what, so. what
0: it. what it reminds me of, and, and this is not a perfect historical analogy, but in during Prohibition, um, you had all these industrial alcohol makers. And, of course, that meant there was alcohol around when it wasn't supposed to be sold. And so the federal government had the people making the industrial industrial alcohol put poison in it. And so you had all these stories of people, you know, developing physical problems and even dying from drinking this poisoned alcohol, and, you know, that, that toward the end of Prohibition— Late 20s, you got this, This why is the U.S. government poisoning its own citizens? And kind of the hardline response was, well, they shouldn't be drinking alcohol anyway. And there's an element of the, the question with legalizing fentanyl strips is, you know, the attorney general, when he talked about that in a news conference unveiling his agenda, the concern is you're making it easier for drug dealers to market their products. Which... I won't
1: weigh in on that. I do want to, the, the attorney general also said that we need more um, evidence there. of whether or not this works, which uh, there is ample evidence that fentanyl test strips uh, prevent overdose deaths. Now, they may not, it depends on your policy goal, they might, they, they keep people alive, they keep people from overdosing, but it's not necessarily going to help stop the spread of fentanyl into your state. So, you know, well, it kind of, it's, it's, it is not going to be the silver bullet that that right. gets us. Right. And from I mean the governor
0: addicted. the governor made a comment that you know w- the state has to be really that it, we're talking about addiction which is a disease and not a personal weakness and we have to realize that you know w- w- why people were using and overusing opioids in the first place was they were in pain and this was the way they dealt with it. Um, and then you know fentanyl gets into the mix, and so it's a complicated law enforcement and social problem. Definitely, uh, I mean, you get the same issue, for example, with the question of needle exchanges. I think where, it,
1: I think you get an even more uh strident response from people who who right, are opposed you, to that. Yeah, yeah, you
0: have cities where they you know basically try to create safe spaces for people who are addicted to like for example heroin to shoot up on the theory that that is better than somebody dying in an alley or something like that but you know of course there's a lot of criticism what is what is the city doing creating a police place for people to shoot up um so there is that I do want
1: to make sure we leave time to talk about uh, abortion and the March for Life. And Jason – well, actually, you both were out there in the cold. Um, but I'm going to start with Jason. Uh, it, talk us through that. This is the the annual
0: uh, landmark event where anti-abortion folks and groups uh, yeah, I, I, show up at the Capitol. I, I was wondering whether they could change it to uh, the anniversary of the – Dobbs decision that they were so so it would at least be warmer but yeah, then you'd sweat uh. yeah then I'd sweat but you know
2: yeah Kansans for life uh, organized the annual march and rally for life it was planned for Tuesday uh and then the governor rescheduled the state of the state so state of the state and March for life happened on the same day uh, the governor did not talk about abortion in her speech
0: no not not even in passing
2: uh, but the March for Life also had morning and afternoon workshops. I sat in on a pair of those. Uh, and Kansans for Life, uh, we here on the podcast and in stories, we've talked a lot about what potential legislation we might see this session. Uh, and two things that uh, we weren't surprised to see on Tuesday were a tax credit to benefit anti-abortion counseling centers uh anti-abortion counseling centers is the ap style term for crisis pregnancy center and pregnancy resource center which are the preferred
0: terms of some the of anti-abortion them, groups some of them provide limited to oh, some of them provide uh limited to you know some medical services some are more counseling and social services But there are 50-plus of them in Kansas. And
1: at their core also, you know, they will not refer you to get an abortion.
0: They are are very Well, and in in some cases, they're— Counseling you you against getting abortion. Well, and in some cases, they've got programs that are basically earn while you learn. And so you complete the counseling, the lessons, and you get services and the ideas they're going to build— uh, the charitable view of it is you're building self-reliance and good life skills. The critical view of it is you're trying to um, take full-grown adults and treat them like teenagers and get them to swear off sex.
2: And I don't want to gloss over the fact that opponents of these facilities, uh, the, the abortion rights groups, the Planned Parenthoods of the world uh, – Accuse these uh, counseling centers of sometimes spreading misinformation about yeah. abortion or about uh, birth, control. birth control.
1: Abortion pill reversal, things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It, or having some can be accused of uh, tactics once you are at the facility that aren't always open about the... yeah there's a there's
0: a whole debate about how centers operate and 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 what they do and undoubtedly we're going to see that debate come to the fore here in in not too long actually um and that that is interesting there's also the question of whether the state is taking a side in a political debate, I think the anti-abortion people would say, well, of course you want to be on the side of, you know, preventing abortions.
2: And they also argue that these facilities provide social services that save sure. the government money. Sure.
1: And, and in your story on this, you kind of note the interesting rhetorical shift when we maybe saw last year ahead of the abortion constitutional amendment to what we're seeing this year
2: we saw this week the unveiling of a new slogan so for the past two years it was value them both and after voters rejected value them both in august we hadn't really gotten a new slogan yet from the anti-abortion movement and it is now we will never abandon women and children. Right, John, was that the... Yeah, the, the, yeah. Yeah, there, there were signs with it there. Uh, and this is reflective of the new rhetoric. Uh, well, there's,
0: there's been a growing awareness amongst conservative religious groups and, and anti-abortion groups, and, and this is not just in Kansas, this is across the nation, that they have to address the issue of of services for pregnant women and 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 new parents right it gets at the question of what does it mean to be
1: pro-life
0: right and there's there the the you know kind of the snarky criticism from the the abortion rights people was were oh yeah they care when they're pregnant but not afterwards now that the anti-abortion people would say that's not so the, the, but
2: the, the morning and afternoon workshops Mm-hmm. Uh, we're much more uh, emphasizing that we are not pro-birth, we are pro-life. Right, that's the phrase uh, I was thinking uh, of, the, the critical phrase. Th- they are now tackling that criticism head on.
0: Well, and, and, and I think I may have noted this before on the podcast, it's interesting that Kansas, having had, for example, Sam Brownback and Jeff Collier as governors, strong abortion opponents as governors for eight years did not beef up its funding for the one program it has the the it was named after a, a state center the pregnancy make maintenance initiative it's about three hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars and maybe a third of that goes if I'm remembering the numbers to uh, the centers only a couple of centers even and, even less than that actually. yeah
1: it's it is' it, a multi-billion dollar state government. Yeah, it's almost
0: nothing. It's like if you had a dollar and you threw a few pennies this way. And and it's interesting to me that that funding did not get built up more aggressively during the Brownback
2: years. Andrew had written that we might be seeing more money going into that fund. And we found out this week that that was... Partially, the plan—they uh, just on the right track. <laughs> yes, that the the plan. It has not been fully unveiled yet. Is to create a similar but new program, new because it wouldn't require matching grants. Uh, and the thought is roughly eight million dollars a year to go towards such things as hiring sonographers to do uh, sonograms. Thank you, uh, and providing material needs, such as diapers. But interestingly, they also want to put some of the money toward advertising. Uh, A specific one could be billboards on I-35 when pregnant women from Texas and Oklahoma are driving toward the nearest abortion clinics in Wichita. And the billboards could say, want to talk about your options? Stop here in Arc City.
0: Well, and if I mean, first of all, the the amount of money they're kind of throwing around would put Kansas, in terms of direct funding, on par with roughly Missouri. Um, so that's that's interesting. I mean, if if you want to go full, say Texas, it's more like I I think the number I they said rem- fifty million a year. Yeah, fifty million, but a much bigger state, much so. bigger state. Yes, but what's what's interesting is the question of whether whether the state attaches any strings in terms of reporting or oversight or anything like that or whether they basic whether the state basically says these are nonprofits we trust them you know and,
2: and sitting in on one of the morning workshops there there were people concerned they were hesitant to accept state money because they don't want those strings attached
0: and that's where the tax credit comes in. That's a better option for for groups that don't want to be that entangled with a stay.
2: And that tax credit would be capped at $10 million a year in credits because it's a 70% credit. Yeah. That's up to about
0: $14 million in donations that could be tax deductible it will be interesting to see how much discussion that gets in the context of for example governor kelly is proposing i think her figure is about 500 million dollars in tax cuts over three years and this would you know pencil out to 30 million over three years so it's a it's a much smaller amount but uh, it will be interesting to see how the debate unfolds
2: what i will be watching is whether that gets bundled in with a bunch of other tax cut proposals at the end of session and how kelly responds
0: i i i would be surprised if it doesn't get bundled in um i mean you know they they can bundle in two dozen or 30 tax proposals in a single bill and there
2: was an attempt this week during rules debates to limit themselves from bundling bills together and uh Republicans did not like that idea.
0: Well, I and I have discussed this this week as that rules debate was going on, and you know when I started, when I and the amphibians crawled out of the the ooze of the ancient sea and went to the state house. <laughs> I the like first, how, I
1: like how the language of you making fun of how old, old you
0: are. Changes yes, I'm getting each older. I,
2: instead of saying that they should make the state fossil bill be about you.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, I am the state fossil, yes. No, anyway. Ah, that burn from Jason. It's fine. It's fine. I'm old. I get it. Um, back in the day when I, when I started as a, a young reporter, uh, it was much harder to get a bill passed than it was to kill it. Uh, you had multiple opportunities to kill legislation starting with a committee chairman just deciding it would never come up or even there were stories predating me about chairman who didn't like a bill getting voted out of committee and each committee has to file a report with the full chamber that says this bill came out they would just sit on that committee report and not turn it in and uh, uh, now it is hard to kill something um, that the majority party wants. It is almost impossible to kill something leadership wants. And all of these practices, you know, the, the gut and go, uh, you know, the bundling, all of that helps leadership Republican leaders guide and control and move things quickly. So, of course, that is that is not something that flexibility to move very quickly is not something uh, they want to give up. Even though occasionally, and sports gambling may be an example, the the casino gambling is most certainly an example. It comes and it bites them a little bit, because somebody figures out how to use the same process to get something through that's been stalled.
1: Well, and circling back to the Crisis Pregnancy Center uh, tax credit, that bill's getting a hearing this week on Thursday, so that's moving at a pretty good clip, and it'll be interesting to see arguments for and against kind of uh, crystallize a little bit in the next couple of days right yeah so anything else
0: well i don't know andrew
1: have we run out of material i don't know there's you know
0: water is still out there as an important issue we're watching some election bills in house committee uh they're not going to take up the runoff uh Setting up a runoff after the general election, but they are they are discussing the end of the three-day grace period for mail-in ballots, and they're going to be discussing restrictions on ballot drop boxes this week. Indeed. So that's, that's out there to watch.
2: And they'll be talking about the uh, Ad Astra statue uh, to put down on the ground level and the uh, first colored infantry division mural that I wrote about back in October.
1: Yes. You look like you were going to say something. No. Yeah.
0: No. Okay. Yeah.
2: It's no more words.
0: Is this where I is this where I then throw in the gratuitous? Uh, references to my daughter and, you know, well, the for, movies, I, I, I movie watching, Disney, song. <laughs> Disney movies and princess movies she's watched. You know, I am scheming to get her on the podcast, right? <laughs> if she comes to visit, well, I'll bring her in. We'll have to do a, maybe we'll do a
1: listener call-in show and, and we can That's get That's right. On the and line. I'll tell, I'll, I'll urge my daughter to call. Well, real quick, because we are, at, uh, Sunday uh, is Kansas Day. Happy Give birthday, me a home. Kansas. Give
0: me a home where the buffalo roam. Uh,
1: we don't have to sing "Home on the Range," but I want we want. I want to go around real quick. Uh, real quick. What is your favorite part about Kansas? I'm going to start with Jason. as the one person's podcast born in Kansas.
2: I really like whenever I go to Manhattan, driving through the Flint Hills, uh, going to a K State football or basketball game, drinking some redina's coffee, uh, eating a nice so long burger. Manhattan's a great place.
0: Manhattan, man happiness, man happiness. Yes, John, how about you? You know, uh, there there are a couple of things I I like about Kansas. Um, the Flint Hills are, are certainly one of them. Uh, I do have. Uh, a, I do like the wide, wide open spaces of the Great Plains out west. Uh, I I love this Kansas thing where, I love small town museums, where you go into a small town museum and they've got just stuff, like the pictures of the first resident of the town to ever ride in an airplane, old dresses that people have donated from the 19th century, farm tools. It's a great Kansas tradition. And, you know, you got to love a state that gave the world the goat gland doctor.
1: (laughs) That's a great book if you haven't it. Yes,
0: yes. I widely recommend Charlotte by Pope Brock.
1: And I— I have a couple also. You got one of them, which is the wide open spaces, particularly the skies, either during the day or at night when the skies are not cloudy all day, just like big sky. I know they call Montana big sky country. Yeah, we got some
0: big sky here.
1: And at night with the stars, um, it's in the state motto, but the stars are very beautiful and the sunsets are very beautiful in Kansas.
2: Mm -hmm. If you want to be able to see the stars, you don't want to look at the red lights on wind turbines. You can read about that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> that was good. Sorry, go back to what you like <laughs> about Kansas. Um, the people are wonderful. Some of the nicest people you will ever meet. And just that each small town, and this, is, I think this is probably true in other Midwestern states, but each small town in Kansas has its own thing. So, you know, Wilson has the world's largest check egg, and Greensburg has the world's largest hand-dug well. And,
0: you know... Uh, before I ever went to the world's deepest hand dug well I thought the world's deepest hand dug well that's dumb and then I went there and I went down on the stairs into the world's deepest hand dug well and looked up and said you know this is impressive they did this without like modern machinery it I mean it's just if you ever have a chance to go there you should because it's just it's just to sit there and think about the pioneers digging this thing out. So Kansas, happy birthday. Yeah. We love you.
1: We love covering you. And uh, at AstroPur Spera. oh well, I got we, we gotta sign off, I guess. <laughs> if you want to find our written work, you can go to uh cjonline.com uh, as Jason alluded, he's got some content coming. I got some content coming. Plenty to read about.
2: Who knows? Maybe someday we'll put one of John's pieces of content. We on do there. put
1: some of John's content. Yes, you do. Remember. You do use
0: some of mine. Um, APnews.com backslash. We're doing the hand movement like waving wheat. Hand movement. Kansas with a capital K. I'm at APJDHanna on Twitter. Jason, where are you on Twitter?
2: At Jason underscore Tid.
1: And I'm at Andrew Ball, Bahl. The Cap Journal is at CJ Online. You can also like us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And the podcast—we uh, don't have much of a social media presence, and uh, I, I'm sorry to our loyal listeners. We don't have any merch, but we are on Spotify, Apple yeah. Podcasts, Google Play. So lots of back episodes available for perusal. Uh, do, do we
0: want tote bags with your with your picture on them? Andrew? I don't think
1: anyone wants that. But if 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 there is interest for merch out there, I do think there is probably a market. Yeah,
0: call to... Andrew, email, call or email Andrew Ball, and tell him you want merch.
2: <laughs> I'll do that right after we get off this
0: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my daughter will get some too. We'll,
2: we'll start wearing T-shirts into committee hearings. Yes, Jason, Andrew,
1: John. Andrew, Jason, John. On three. One, two, three. Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam, buffalo roam and
0: the deer and the antelope play. Where seldom is heard a discouraging word. And the skies are not cloudy all day Home, home on the range Where the deer
1: and the antelope play
0: Where seldom is heard a discouraging word And the skies are not cloudy all day. You're you're not going to go falsetto on us
1: here, huh? (laughs) I don't think anyone wants that. We hope your skies are not cloudy all day and you all have a great week. We'll be back here, same time, same place next week.